Arabic vocabulary course. You learned how to express yourself in spoken Egyptian Arabic using a variety of structures. After just 13 hours of tuition, you were able to express requests, facts, questions, preferences, hopes, wishes, and to formulate sentences about the present, past, and the future. A very impressive achievement. We built up our Arabic room together, starting with the walls. We soon put in windows, mainly useful for chucking out those little words such as uh, an, is and of that you don't need in Arabic. Then we added the Samir and the Samira doors for the masculine and feminine and the farmer's felahin gate for people. We fixed a series of hooks on the wall onto which we hung our tags, such as the ones we use for my. We also added a verb table, two vases, some stems and flowers representing the present or future verbs and the past verbs. So now we've built our Arabic room, we're ready to decorate it with some more words and expressions so that you can express yourself in a wider variety of situations. You won't need any more rooms. You can use the structures you already know with the new vocabulary. The solid structures of the room combined with an expanded vocabulary will greatly enhance your ability to communicate or to hit the ball over the net as Michelle Thomas liked to say. We've seen that modern spoken Arabic uses some loan words, such as bank and pizza, adopted from English and other European languages. But Arabic is a Semitic language that fundamentally has more in common with Hebrew than with English. Semitic languages don't naturally share much vocabulary with Romance languages, such as French, nor with Germanic languages, such as German, nor with English, which is a mixture of the two. But what Semitic languages do offer is a wonderful network of roots. In the Foundation and Advanced course, we met these Arabic roots, which are common sequences of sounds that link related words. The Arabic system of roots provides perfect natural opportunities for building vocabulary. Every native Arabic speaker uses them instinctively and every learner can work out how to do the same. Before we start, think back to the Arabic Foundation and Advanced courses. Soon you were running around the Arabic room, opening and closing imaginary doors and windows, and picking up imaginary tags and flowers. In this way, you were able to instinctively construct complicated concepts in Arabic. All this you achieve without trying to remember. Instead, you relaxed and let me and my co-teacher Mahmoud do the work. And so it will be for this vocabulary course. Again, you are the third student joining our class. Relax and go with the flow. We'll build up the vocabulary and use it with familiar structures. When you hear me prompt an Arabic phrase or question, press the pause button and say the Arabic out loud. Then you can release the button and listen to one of the students here in the studio. And no, they really don't have a script. We're going to start by learning how to identify and isolate roots in words you come across. Then we'll learn some of the most common behaviour patterns of these roots, which are linked to meaning. Then we'll see how we can use the roots specifically to make verbs and words related to verbs. And finally, 
we'll look more closely at some common roots and all the words you can weave out of three little sounds. So, we've already seen that most Arabic words are based on three root sounds, three consonants. Root sounds are always in the same order, and the root carries the general or the fundamental meaning. So, for example, the root sa, fa, ra is connected with travelling. The root da, ra, sa with studying, always in that order. The Arabic root system greatly aids understanding and helps you weave your own vocabulary and also unpick the vocabulary that you come across. So how can we identify the root of a particular word? Almost all Arabic words have a root at their core, but most of them also have extra features. If it helps you, you can think of a cake, um, and a cake might have a filling inside, it might have icing on, decorations, a ribbon round it, and candles on it. And if we want to find out the root of an Arabic word, or the flavour of the cake, we have to take off all the additional features. You can imagine it's a little bit like taking off the icing and the decorations from the cake, taking out the filling, so that you can find out what the basic flavour of the cake is. So how do we do that? How do we strip it? The first thing we have to do is to ignore all the vowel sounds, which are generally not part of the root. For the simplest words, that's all we have to do. We just have to ignore the vowels. So, for example, the word dars, which means lesson, dars, what's the root? Darasa. That's it. The word walad, meaning boy, what's the root? Walada. And that root, walada, is connected with the meaning of being born. What about kibir? Kabara. And what do you think that root's connected with? Size, being big. Yes, because kabir means? Big. Yes. Kabara. If you hear that sequence of sounds in that order, you know that the word must have something to do with being big. We've ignored the i, we've ignored the e to get back to the root. What about fahim, understanding? Where's the root there? Fahma. Yes. What about arif? Rafa. Listen again. Arif. What's the first root? Ra. Okay, without the sound in the back of the throat. Ra. Yes, be careful. Ah is a consonant. In Arabic. As a learner, it takes time and practice to hear it, but it's not a vowel and it can be one of the three root sounds. So let's go back to our word for knowing, which is Arif. And the three root sounds are A-ra-fa. What about Lazim? Must. What's the root sound there? La-za-ma. Yes. Connected with the meaning of necessity, being necessary. Shirib, he drank. Sharapa. Connected with the meaning of? Drinking. Yes. What about the word for month? Shahr. Shahara. Shahara. 
Again, this h is a consonant, shahr, and has to be pronounced fully in the middle. Shahr. Some roots, they wander a little bit, but this root is connected with the months of the year and with fame and celebrity. Maybe you've heard salam or assalamu alaikum, the traditional Arabic greeting, which uh, people say either as they come into a place or as they leave. Assalamu alaikum. Now, if we take assalam, meaning peace or safety, and strip it down to its root sounds, what do you think they would be? Salama. Salama. This root is connected to peace, to safety, and to submission. This is where the name of the religion Islam comes from. It means submission to God. Can you hear the root Salama in that order? Mm -hmm. Islam. We can see how we can get rid of the vowels, and in the simplest words, that will give us the root. But there are other things that we may have to strip off as well to get to the root, such as plurals. We've met the in plural at the felahin gate. That's not part of the root. Or the art plural, such as nadarat, meaning... Glasses. Or actually pairs of glasses. Oh, okay. So what would one pair, a pair of glasses be? Nadara. Yes. And what's the root there? Nadara. Connected with the meaning of looking or seeing. What about, what was embassy? Safarat. That's embassies. Sorry, safara. Yeah, so safara, the plural is safarat. So we have to ignore the plural and ignore the vowels. And we get back to the travelling root, which is? Safara. Another thing we have to ignore is all the verbal flowers and tails that we've put on when we're actually making our verbs. We want to get back to that stem. So, for example, the root from yiktib, he writes... Kataba. Yeah, kataba, connected with the meaning of... Writing. Yeah. And what about tifhami? Where's the root there? And what does Tifhami mean? She understood. No, she understands. That would be Tifham. So it's Enti Tifhami. Oh, girl, understand. Yes. Well, we're ignoring the T and the E on the end and also the vowels in the middle. So we're back to our understanding root of Fahama. Likewise, something like we drank, Sharibna. And we're back to the root. Sharaba. Which is connected with? Drink. Yes. We've lost the na, which is the tail for we, meaning we drank. In the word fallahin that you met already at the gates, if we stripped it down to its roots, fa-la-ha, this root is associated with several meanings, but generally it's to work hard towards achieving uh, some kind of success or getting a reward. In the case of Fallahin, it is used 
to describe the people who work the land in order to get the rewards from the land. So a fallah is somebody who works the land. Fallaha is a woman who does the same thing. We also have falah. Falah means somebody who did well in a particular walk of life. Falah. So here is a root. We know one word, farmer. But when we go back to the root, we find it has a lot of different connotations. Quite an interesting root, falaha. So we've lost the vowels. We've lost the plurals and the verbal tails and flowers to get back to our root. And then there are other additional features as well, which we'll learn more about in this vocabulary course that we have to remove in order to expose the root. For example, a common one is the ma or meh on the beginning of a word, such as madrasa, where the root would be darasa. So we're back to our studying root, but the ma on the beginning is connected with the pattern meaning the place where something happens. So madrasa is the place where the studying happens, i.e. school. Likewise, mektab, which means office and the root there is kataba so it's the place where writing happens in fact it can also mean a desk because writing also happens there it can mean a desk or an office we also came across the word mashghul meaning busy or occupied what's the root there shahala the root shahala is connected with the meaning of work. And this is a different pattern that we will come across, which has come to mean busy through meaning occupied or worked, if you like. And that's the same pattern as mabsut, happy mabsut. Where's the root there? Basata. Po. Ta. So listen to the difference. Te. Ta. We've got our back ta. Basa ta. Mm hmm connected with the meaning of being happy or being pleased. So we're stripping off these additional features and we're left with our three root sounds, our sequence of three root sounds. These extra features we're stripping off represent the different patterns. We can compare it a little bit to English, for example. We know that if you put the sound un before a word, it means not. Unnecessary, for example, means not necessary. We know that er uh, on the end of a word often means the doer, baker, player. Able means can be done, translatable, can be translated. We have this instinctive knowledge of certain additions we can put on the end or the beginning of words that modify the meaning. So what Arabic's doing is taking this concept much, much further. So playing with the roots and the patterns, not just on the outside, like we did with Mektab adding something on the outside, but also on the inside, playing between the roots, never switching the order of the roots, but playing with the vowel sounds to produce a wide number of different related meanings. So two things carry meaning in Arabic words. Firstly, the root, which is the fundamental meaning. And that's modified by the pattern which carries the more specific meaning. And then, of course, you have general context. Imagine each root is buried in the ground and growing out of it is a tree. So we have darasa, 
kataba, studying root, the writing root. They have trees growing out of them, and the branches represent the pattern. Now, some roots spring huge great trees with a lot of branches, very bushy trees. They have lots of different patterns connected with them, and some just have a few patterns connected with them. But with the general context and the pattern and the root, you can unpick and weave the meaning for yourself, and you can create vocabulary as well. So that's what we're going to try and help you do. There's something I thought of, by the way, about how important it is that the root sounds are always in the same order. We've met safara to do with travel and journeys, but if you were to say fasara, it's to do with explaining. Rafasa is to do with kicking. So <laughs> the meaning completely changes, and that is why it's very important that they always stay in the same sequence to keep it within the same order of things. Now, as an Arabic speaker, if I meet another Arabic speaker from another country, for instance, and he uses a word while he's talking to me that I don't quite understand, I quickly try and work out the root of that word, and this, along with the general context, will give me a fair understanding of what it is that he's trying to say. Recently, I heard a commentator, sports commentator, using the word winningest <laughs> applied to an athlete. It's a bit analogous because I've never heard that word before. I don't even know if it is a proper word. But because I know that the ending est means the most, and I know what winning means, then I work out that what he's trying to say is this is the athlete who wins the most, the winningest. <laughs> And that's what Arabic speakers are doing quite a lot. If they hear a root in an unfamiliar pattern, they can work out what the meaning is. But context, of course, is very, very important as well. So we'll look at patterns and roots, and we'll put some of the roots that you know into new patterns and new roots into the patterns that you already know. And this way, you'll have the tools to expand your vocabulary very fast. The first patterns we'll look at are for descriptive words. There are a number of patterns that are associated with descriptive words in Arabic, and we'll look at some of the common ones. You already know the word kabir, meaning... Big. And gamil, meaning... Beautiful. And gedid. Ni. Yes. Now, can you hear the similarity in the pattern of those. Kibir, Gamil, Gidid. You've got the first root letter followed by a short vowel, I or A, and then the second root letter, and then a longer vowel, E, and then the final one. Kibir, Gamil, Gidid. In the third case, what do you notice about the root of Gidid? As two does? That's possible. One of the variations in Arabic roots is that the second root letter and the third root letter are the same. So how would you say the house is big? Beit kabir. The house. Il beit kabir. Il beit kabir. How would you say the big house? Il beit il kabir. Il beit il kabir. 
And watch that difference. Just one little ill will change the meaning from the house is big to the big house. How would you say the city is beautiful? El Medina Gamila? Yes, you've sent it through the Samira door. Good. El Medina Gamila. And how would you say the beautiful city? El Medina El Gamila. El Medina El Gamila. The descriptive word has to pick up the ill if it's directly describing. What was your telephone talking to a male? Telefonak. Yes, you picked up the ak tag, meaning you're to a male. So how would you say, is your telephone new? Telefonak gedid. Telefonak gedid. And how would you say my book? What's the tag for my? E. Okay, my book. Kitabi. Yes, my new book. Kitabi. Ilgadid. Yes, good. So with the tag, the descriptive word still has to pick up the ill. So what about where's my new book? Kitabi ilgadid fein. Yeah, you can put the fein on the beginning or the end. So you can say fein kitabi ilgadid or kitabi ilgadid fein. How would you say a large salad? Salata kebira. And how would you say, as a female, I want a large salad? Auza salata kebira. Ana auza salata kebira. You didn't say the ena, but it's optional if in the context. Could have done the long or the short. So, how would you say, I want as a male? Ena auz. Yes, I don't want. Ena mish auz. Ena mish auz. There we are, sound a bit more definite about it. <laughs> I don't want a large salad. Ena mish auz salata kibira. Ena mish auz salata kibira. Make sure you pronounce all the elements of the word as clearly as you can. Auz. Auz. Wiz. Wiz kid. Think of wiz kid. Auz. Yes. To our descriptive words, we could add giddan, meaning very. Giddan. Giddan has to go after the descriptive word. So how would you say very beautiful, talking about a masculine thing? Gamil giddan. You scale the giddy heights. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there we are, yeah, giddy. Giddan, the giddy heights, very. What was mosque? Masgid. 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 With a short i. Masgid. So how would you say this mosque? Masgida. What's this? Talking about a male or a masculine thing. Da. Yes. So what you're going to be saying is the mosque this. That's how you say this mosque. Oh, I see. Il masgida. Yes, but so il masgid da. Il masgid da. El masjid da. Yeah. This mosque is very beautiful. El masjid da. Gamil giddan. El masjid da. Gamil giddan. That's very good. What about the cinema is very large? El cinema kibir giddan. Again. The cinema. Oh, kibira giddan. Yeah, send it through with Samira. Try it again. The cinema is very large. Is cinema kibira giddan? Is cinema kibira giddan? 
How would you say the cinema was very large? The cinema كانت كبيرة جدا. Good. The cinema كانت كبيرة جدا. Can if it was it being a masculine thing, male thing, and can it if it's a feminine thing. So we've seen that this is a particular pattern connected with description. And sometimes it's useful to connect these Arabic word patterns to Arabic names that may already be familiar to you. So what Arabic names do we have connected with this pattern, Mahmoud? We have quite a few, but the important thing to realize is that most Arabic names actually mean something. So you might meet a man called Gamil, meaning beautiful, or a girl called Gamila, meaning beautiful. You might meet a man called Farid, which means unique, and a girl called Farida, Sharif, noble or honest, Amin, also meaning honest, Saeed as well. It's a mix between happy and lucky, Saeed, Karim, meaning generous, and the female equivalent of these names is usually done with an A sound after the name. So Farida, Amina, Gamila. Samir and Samira. Like Samir and Samira, in fact, yes, yes. In fact, we can call it the Kareem pattern, the generous pattern. You can think of it as like nice and creamy. Kareem, Kareem, very generous, this pattern. It's generous because it actually gives us a lot of words. And some of those Arabic names were probably familiar to you. They're not all useful everyday words, but many of them are. And we can pick up on a couple of those. Kareem itself, for example, is a useful word. So how would we say he's generous? Huwa Kareem. Huwa Kareem. He's very generous. Huwa Kareem Giddan. Huwa Kareem Giddan. How would you say your mother to a female? Omik. It's a double m sound. Okay. Try it again. Omik. Yes. How would you say your mother is generous? Omik Karima. Yes. Omik Karima. Your mother is very generous. Omik Karima Giddan. It's a double d. 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 Giddan. Omik Karima Giddan. That's very good. Omik Karima Giddan. You remember the name that meant honest? Amin. Amin. So how would you say she's honest? Hiya Amina. Hiya Amina. Is this girl honest? El bintidi Amina. El bintidi Amina. Is that boy honest? El walda. What's boy? Walad. Yes. So that boy. El walada Amin. Yes. Now say it all together. El walada Amin. El walada Amin. What was a manager? Mudir. What about a female manager? Mudira. So how would you say the female manager is very honest? El mudira Amina Giddan. El mudira Amina Giddan. So we've got Kareem and Amin as useful words, generous and honest. 
Saeed as well. We've already had Mabsut, meaning happy, but we've got Saeed we could use as well. Saeed. So how would you say as a male, I'm happy? Anna Saeed. Anna Saeed. And the same as a female? Anna Saeed. Anna Saeed. If you want to try and work out when to use Mabsut and when to use Saeed, let me just tell you that Saeed is closer to a formal way of saying I'm happy. For example, a formal way of saying pleased to meet you is Forsa Saida. Forsa Saida. Which literally means happy occasion, happy chance. Okay. We'll talk more about these subtle differences later on. So coming back to the Kareem pattern, we can take a new root, ta, wa, la, connected with the meaning of being tall or long. And if we put it into the Kareem pattern to get a descriptive word, what do we get? Tawil? Yes. Tawil. Meaning tall or long. So how would you say the boy is tall? El walad tawil. El walad tawil. The girl is tall. El bint tawila. El bint tawila. My father is very tall. How would we say my father first? Abuk? No. Now that's your father talking to a male. First of all, Abuya? we're going to pick up a tag for my. E. And what's father without the tag? Ab or Abu. Abu. Now what happens to the tag when we put it on no, a you vowel? Put a K. Abuki. That's when you're talking NT. Oh. The E turns into Ya when you're putting it on a vowel. So E meaning my turns into Ya if you put it on a word like Abu that ends in a vowel. So my father becomes? Abuya. That's it. Abuya. And what about my brother? Ahuya? Yes. Ahuya. So my father is very tall. Abuya tawil giddan. Abuya tawil giddan. How would you say as a male, I'm not tall? Anna mish tawil. Anna mish tawil. And how would you say the same thing as a female? Anna mish tawila. Anna mish tawila. We've said the girl is tall, which was... El bint tawila. And how would you say the tall girl? El bint il tawila. What about that tall girl? We're going to say the tall girl that. El bint tawila. Oh, el bint il tawila di. Yes. El bint tawila di. And ta is one of the ones that absorb the sound of the l in il. Listen again. El bint tawila di. Tawila, it tawila. Try that tall girl again. El bint it tawila di. So how would you ask, is that tall girl Samira? El bint it tawila di Samira? El bint it tawila di Samira? You can also, as we mentioned, use tawil to mean long, but not high. Be careful. Long. You could say... The film was long. How would we say the film was long? El film can tawil. Good. El film can tawil. 
The film was very long. El film kan tawil giddan. El film kan tawil giddan. As a male, how would you say the film was very long and I was very tired? El film kan tawil giddan. Wakunt ratshan giddan. What's tired? Oh, sorry. Um, taaban. Listen to the pronunciation. Taaban. With ah in the middle again. Try it again. Taaban. So how would you say I was tired? Kunt taaban. Yeah. Try again. I was very tired. Kunt taaban giddan. That's good. Now let's do the whole thing. The film was very long and I was very tired. El film ken tawil giddan wa kunt taaban giddan. El film كان طويل جدا وانا كنت تعبان جدا instinctively i did the longer version that i put the ana mm-hmm. but this is just instinctive it's just perhaps because it's you're talking about the film in the first yes, half and, and maybe, me yeah. in the second half yeah. so you sort of yeah. need yeah. to emphasize that yeah. it's ana and notice how between kunt i was which ends in two consonants nta and taban which starts with a consonant t that naturally you have to have a helping vowel in the middle, otherwise you get these three consonants together, which Arabic hates. Listen to I was tired. Can you hear the little it in the middle? Try that. Good. Now another word we can make in the Kareem pattern is from the root na da fa connected with the meaning of being clean. So how would we say clean? Nadif. More like nadif, actually. Mm-hmm. Nadif. How would you say, this isn't clean? Talking about something masculine. Damish nadif. Nadif. Damish nadif. How did we say everything? The haga bit meaning the thing, and the kulla meaning every, or all sometimes, but in this case every. Everything's clean in the hotel. What was hotel? Fundoch. Everything's clean in the hotel. Nadif. Everything. Everything. Everything first. Yes. And then the is, throw that is out the window. Everything is Kullahaga Nadif Kullahaga should go through with Samira Yes, with Samira Again Kullahaga Nadifa Filfundo Kullahaga Nadifa Filfundo How would you ask why isn't the house clean? Ilbait Mish Nadif Le How do you Say clean. Nadif. Say it again. El mish nadif le. Now listen to the intonation as if you're telling someone off a little bit. El mish nadif le. Le. That's very Egyptian. Try that Egyptian intonation. El mish nadif le. That's good. You sound very Egyptian. Uh, what was glasses? A pair of glasses? Nadara. So how would you say my glasses? Nadarti. Nadarti. 
the T's popped up on the end of Nadara. And when we put the tag for E on, there's a spring and the T pops up. Nadarati. My glasses aren't clean. Nadarti Mishnadifa. Nadarti Mishnadifa. Nadara also has this double da sound. Nadarti. Nadarti. Let's introduce another useful word, the word for cup, which is fingen. Fingen. Imagine maybe one of those delicate cups and saucers with a, a little handle and you've got your finger through <laughs> the, you're drinking tea very delicately. Finger, fingen, cup. So how would you say this cup? Fingenda. There's something missing on the beginning. Ah. Ilfingenda. Ilfingenda. So how would you say, this cup isn't clean? Ilfingenda mish nadif. What was clean? Nadif. Nidif. Oh, nidif. Sometimes it's pronounced more like ah, sometimes more like i or eh. Mm-hmm. The pattern is the same. It's still all the Kareem pattern, but sometimes like it's more like kibir, or in the case of gamil, it's more like an a, and in this case, it's more like an i, nadif, nadif. Mm-hmm. So what is this cup isn't clean? Ilfingenda mish nadif. More like an i, put an i sound. Nadif. That's it. Ilfingenda mish nadif. Can I have a clean cup? How would we just generally say, can I have? Mumkin. Can I have a clean cup, please? Asking a male. Mumkin fingen nidif min fadlak. Mumkin fingen nidif min fadlak. Another useful word in the Kareem pattern, another useful descriptive word, is the word adim. Adim, which means old. Now, the thing about adim is that it seems to have a missing root. And that's because the first root is this dropped letter, k. Do you remember that the pronunciation of ahwa, meaning coffee, was originally qahwa, k. But in Egyptian Arabic, this k is usually dropped. So qahwa becomes ahwa. Qahwa, ahwa. This word adim was originally qadim. So the first root is in fact q. Qadim. Adim. So what's the root letters of Adim? Qadama. Connected with the meaning of being old. So how would we say the house is old? Ilbait Adim. Ilbait Adim. What about the old city? Ilmadina Iladima. In the old city. How would you say in the old city? Dilmedina il Adima. How did we say there is? Fee. So, is there a market in the old city? How would you ask that? Fee souk filmadina il Adima. You said souk because in English we tend to say souk, but in fact in Arabic it's souk and we tend to drop again. Yes, it's pretty much like in Qadim uh, Adim, souk, souk. So try it again. Is there a market in the old city? And be Egyptian and drop those q. Fi souq fil madina al Fi souq fil madina al What about an old mosque? 
Masked Adima Adim. Yes. Mm-hmm. Because is masked masculine Samir. with Samir or feminine with Samira? It's masculine. And how do you know that? It doesn't have an a. Yeah. So neither will the descriptive word have an a. It mm-hmm. will go through with Samir and it won't pick anything up. Masked Adim. So how would you say is there an old mosque here? Fi Masjid Adim Hina. Fi Masjid Adim Hina. What about there was an old mosque? How do you say there was? Ken. Okay, there's something missing. Fi is there is, and there was is. Ken fi? Yes. So there was an old mosque here. Ken fi Masjid Adim Hina. Can fi Masjid Adim Hina. Listen to the emphasis. Can you say that once more? Can fi Masjid Adim Hina. And that also means there used to be an old mosque here. There was an old mosque here. There used to be. There's no. There's no deference. The Arabic word for door or gate you may have heard in some Arabic place names, and it's bab. Bab. So how would you say this door? El bab da. And how do you know it's da and not di? Because it's masculine. Because there's no a. Yes, no a. So how would you say this door is very old? El bab da adim gitan. Yes, just adim. Oh. El bab da adim gitan. El bab da adim gitan. What about we saw a very old door? What's we saw? Shufna. Yes. So the stem is shuf, and the na represents we, is the tail. Shufna. That's good. So we saw an old door. Shufna. Beb Adim. Mm-hmm. How would you say we saw a very old door? Shufna Beb Adim Gitan. In the mosque. Fil Masjid. Yeah, all together. We saw a very old door in the mosque. Shufna Beb Adim Gitan. Fil Masjid. Shufna Beb Adim Gitan. Fil Masjid. One thing, by the way, to uh, remember about Adim is that you can't uh, use it to describe people. So if you want to say an old man or an old lady, you don't say ragil adim. We say ragil kibir fissin. You know kibir, meaning? Big. Big. Fissin. Fi is sin. The sin is tooth. So like in, in English, for example, you would say long in the tooth. In <laughs> Arabic, it's uh, big in the tooth. Ragil Kibir fissin. The only instance where you would use uh, adim to describe a person is something similar to the English expression an old hand in something. So you might say ana adim loksor, for instance, meaning I've been going to Luxor for so many years, I know my way around there, I know everything. So it's like I'm very experienced in Luxor. The assumption is you're not from Luxor, but uh, you want to tell somebody that you know your way around and so on. So you would say, Ana adim Luxor. Another pattern for descriptive words is the pattern that we've met again in three words in the Foundation and Advanced courses. We met the word Taben, meaning... Tired. What other words have we met that sound similar to that? Lachan. Meaning? Thirsty. Yes. So we've got taban, 
Atson, and also we had the word meaning ill. Ayen, Mahmoud, could you say those three? Daben, Atson, Ayen. So you can hear there's a similar word pattern there. And this pattern is slightly different to the other we've looked at in that you get the first root. So if we look at Taben, we've got T as the first root. And then an A, so we've got Ta. And then we have A as the second root. Ta. And then the third root, B. So we've got Ta, A, B. There's the roots to do with tiredness. But on the end, we've got N, which is nothing to do with the root. Be careful, this is an ending and this N sound is nothing to do with the root, it's to do with the pattern. The pattern adds the N. So we've got Ta Ben. Listen once more. Ta Ben. So what is the root then of the word for thirsty? Achon. Ta Sha. Yes, the second root is the back to. It's A to Sh. Sometimes these are quite difficult to hear when you have the A as part of the root because sometimes we tend to think of it as more like a vowel sound. You have to keep reminding yourself that it's a consonant like any other in Arabic and it can be part of the root. And the root for ayen, again, it has the A at the beginning and it has the second and third roots the same. It has a Y, Y, ayen, but this time they're together. So it's slightly unusual, that one, but that's where the root comes from. So how would you ask a female, are you tired? Enti tabena. Can we pronounce the ah? Enti tabena. Enti tabena. How would you say, as a male, I'm very tired? Ena taben giddan. Hang around a bit more on the d of giddan. Ena taben what was a little? We've had giddan meaning very. We had a word meaning a little again. Shweya. Yes, shweya. Shweya. That also comes after. How would you say as a female, I'm a little tired? How would you say my son's a little tired? Ibni. And how would you ask a male, is your son ill? We've taken the tag for enter for you, male, meaning your ak, and stuck it on the end of ibn to get ibnak. So how would you say, no, but he's a little thirsty? Le bes hua. What's but? Oh, uh, bas. Yes, bas. Bas hua rachan. Ah. Rachan. Okay, there's no, there's no, there's no <laughs> grating at the back of the throat. Listen okay. to it. Rachan. You're at the dentist. You've got your mouth open, but you can't use your throat. Mm-hmm. So the dentist has just touched a nerve. Ah. <laughs> rachan. Rachan. Yes. So. No, but he's a little thirsty. La, bas hua rachan shweya. La, bas hua rachan shweya. Did you notice the helping vowel as well between the bas? Because it's two s, 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 bas, 
بس هو بس هو عطشان شوية The ah will come in time and practice. First you'll recognize it and then you'll get better at saying it. The important thing is that ra is a separate letter in Arabic, as in mashroul. So this is why we're placing the emphasis on distinguishing between the two, because there is a letter that sounds with the back of the throat, the ra. We've got a pattern here now. Do we have any other words you can think of that fit into this pattern? Well, this pattern usually is uh, associated uh, with character attributes and things like that. Some of them could be uh, long-term uh, character attributes, like, for instance, kaslan, meaning lazy. Ahmad kaslan. Ahmad is lazy, which is a sort of long-term thing. Or it could be a shorter-term thing. Ahmad zalan. Ahmad is upset, which is a little bit more temporary. Or enta sarhan, meaning are you uh, daydreaming? Are you uh, is your mind wandering? Enta sarhan, or ana kunt saharan, meaning I stayed up late and I didn't sleep. Saharan, or kasban, meaning winner. Ana kasban, I am winning. We can call it kasban, the kasban pattern, the winning pattern. These examples of the pattern are to show you that certain patterns are connected with certain ideas, certain meanings. We can pick up on two or three of the most useful words there and extend the pattern. Kazben, for example, we could ask, is your son winning? So how would you say, asking a male, is your son winning? Ibnak Kazben. Ibnak Kazben. How would you answer, no, no, that girl's winning? La, el binti kaslana. Kazban. Kazban. Connected with the meaning of winning. Kasaba. Mm -hmm. Kazban. So, no, that girl's winning. La, el binti kaspana. Yeah, we have bint ending in nata and d beginning with D, so that's three consonants together. Mm -hmm. So what will happen in the middle there, naturally? The helping vowel? Yes. Listen to it. La, il binti di kasbena. Did you hear it? Yeah. Try that, put a helping vowel in. La, il binti di kasbena. Mm -hmm. It's to help you pronounce it, and it does help the flow. How would you say then he was winning? Hua ken kasbena? Kasben. Hua ken kasben. How would you say I know as a male? And I arif. Yes. You need to emphasize the first syllable more and also include the ah on the beginning. Listen. And how would you say the same thing as a woman? Hit the beginning. Try again. That's it. How would you say as a woman... I don't know. And I miss Arafa. What was if? I don't know if. Lao? Yes, good. I don't know if I'm winning. I don't know if I'm winning. And I miss Arafa. Lao ena kasbena. That's good. And I miss Arafa. Lao ena kasbena. Now the word meaning lazy came from the root ka sa la connected with laziness. So if we put it into our kasben pattern, what do we get for lazy? 
Kassel. If you listen to Kazben, you've got ka and then the next two roots, kazb, and then n on the end, kazben. So do the same with kasala. Kaslen. That's it. Kaslen. Lazy. How would you say he's lazy? Hua kaslen. Hua kaslen. He's very lazy. Hua kaslen giddan. Hua kaslen giddan. She's a bit lazy. Hiya kaslen ashwaya. Hiya kaslen ashwaya. She's a bit lazy, but she's honest. Hiya kaslen ashwaya. What was the lazy? Kaslena. That's it. Shweya. Bas hiya karima. What's karima? It was the creamy, generous pattern. Karim, generous. What was honest? Amin. 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 Okay. Bas hiya amina. Try it again. The helping vowel as well will have between bas and heya. It's more like heya. Heya kaslena shweya. Bas. Hiya Amina. Good. Basahiya. Listen to it. Hiya Kaslana Shweya Basa Amina. Or you can miss out the hiya altogether. Because you haven't changed the subject. You're still talking about the same girl. Maybe to help you remember honest, you can say, he's mean, but he's honest. Amin. The word for upset is very useful as well. And that comes from the root za. Ah, la, another ah in our root there. Mm. And we're going to put it into the kazben pattern. So how are we going to make the word meaning upset? Zalen. Zalen. What's the word for husband? Goes. Yes, goes. So how would you say my husband? Gozi. What about my husband is a little upset? Gozi zalen shweya. Mm-hmm. How would you ask a woman, are you upset? Inti zalena. Inti zalena. And how would you ask the woman, why are you upset? Inti zalena e. E means what. Why was a combination of le and e for what, which became when they're joined together. So why le. is... Lay, yes. So how would you ask why are you upset? Enti za'alena lay. If you were asking a woman, yes. Enti za'alena lay. And how would you ask why is his son upset? Ibnu za'alena lay. Yes, so you've picked up the tag for his, being u, and put it on the end of ibn. Got ibnu. Ibnu za'alena lay. And what about why is her son upset? Ibnaha Zalenli. Ibnaha Zalenli. So you've picked up the tag for her, which is hair, but when you put it on the end of Ibn, you need the helping vowel, which you added very well. Ibnaha, because Ibn ends with two consonant sounds, but no. As a woman, how did you say, I understand? In a fahma? Yes. I don't understand? In a mishfahma. I don't understand why her son is upset. And what you're going to do here is you're going to say, I don't understand. And then the question will just remain the same. 
Why is her son upset? There's no change in the order of the words in Arabic. In English, we say, I don't understand why her son is upset. But in Arabic, you're just going to say, I don't understand why is her son upset. Another useful pattern for descriptive words is the pattern that we've met in the words mashrul, meaning busy. And mabsult, meaning happy. Yes, happy or pleased. This pattern is the equivalent of the English pattern that ends in ed or en, like broken, written, pleased. And how we do it is that we're going to put ma on the beginning, ma, shrul, mab, sut. And then the first and the second root letters together, then a long oo, and then the third root letter, mab, sut. So what's the root of mashrul? Sha-ra-la. Yes, connected with working or being occupied, that we saw earlier. We have to be a bit careful because in English, when we hear the sound sh, we can hear that's a single sound, sh. But we tend to connect it in our minds with two letters because in English we write it sh, sh. But in Arabic, it's only a single letter and it's a single sound and it's a single consonant. So sh is the first root consonant, mash, rul. So how would you ask, why isn't she happy? First of all, how would you say she's happy? Hiya mabsuta. She's not happy. Hiya mish mabsuta. Why isn't she happy? Hiya mish mabsuta li. Hiya mish mabsuta li. And how would you say my husband's busy? Gozi majhul. My husband's very busy. Gozi majhul giddan. Gozi majhul giddan. What about the manager's busy now? Al-mudir mashghul dilwati. Al-mudir mashghul dilwati. So there are a number of names connected with this pattern in Arabic. It may be familiar to you? Yes, uh, for example, mahfuz. Uh, you may have heard of uh, the famous uh, Egyptian writer Nagib Mahfuz who won the Nobel Prize for Literature. Mahfuz from the root hafaza to protect or to store. Also, Mansur, the root Nasara, to be victorious. Mas'ud, lucky or charmed. Mahmoud. Ah, that's you. <laughs> that's me. Praised, the one who is praised by everyone, like me a bit. I think we'll call it the Mahmoud pattern then. <laughs> The Mahmoud pattern, which is the equivalent of the English ED or EN, broken, written. So how would we say written? What's the root connected with writing? Kataba. So put it into the pattern, the Mahmoud pattern. Maktoub. So how would you say his name is written here? Ismu Maktoub Hina. Ismu Maktoub Hina. What about my name is written here? Ismi maktoub hena. My name is written in the book. Ismi maktoub fil kitab. Ismi maktoub fil kitab. 
we can have on as well as in. In was fear, and when we combine it with ill, we get fill. And a similar thing happens with on. So on is ala. Ala. And when we combine it with ill, we get alal. The i drops out. Can we have that again? Alal. So what would on the door be? Alal beb. Alal beb. What about on the book? Al kitab. That's it. Al kitab. Note, I'm not saying al kitab. I'm ik kitab. Al kitab. But of course, be prepared to hear both. I mean, it's not a difference in meaning. Alal kitab and ak kitab. It's exactly the same. It's just a subtlety of pronunciation, and don't let it put you off. Mm-hmm. Yes, you tend to hear both with the k sound, both ik kitab and il kitab. How would we say the doctor's name? We've put the tags on the end of name, my name, his name. What about the doctor's name? And we're going to say name of the doctor. But what happens to the of? You get rid of it. Yes, out of the window. So what are we left with? Ism doctor. We still need the the, though. Ism il doctor. Yes, but de is one of the ones that runs into il. So, id doctor. Ah, ism id doctor. Ism id doctor. The ism and the id doctor is run together. Ism id doctor. The doctor's name is written on the door. Ism id doctor maktoub al albab. Ism id doctor maktoub al albab. What about the name of the hotel is written on the door? Ism il fundu. Maktoub al al-bab. Ism al-funduq maktoub al al-bab. Let me tell you something about maktoub. Maktoub, from the root kataba, is also used to describe destiny or fate. So you might hear an expression, for instance, like maktoub al al-gibin. It is written on the forehead, which means it's the destiny and it's something that a person will have to see and deal with. You may also hear maktoub kitabi, which literally means my book is written. But actually, it is used when someone is married but has not yet had the party. Another root we can put into the Mahmud pattern is the root fahama. So if we put fahama into the Mahmud pattern, it becomes mahfud fahama. Oh. Mafhum? Yes. Mafhum. Meaning? Understood. Yes. We can use it just like that, as we do in English. Understood. Mafhum. In other words, I understand. Aywa, mafhum. Yes, understood. Or as a question. Mafhum? Understood. It's quite common and perhaps a little bit less dramatic than the English. Just an alternative to ena fahim or ena fahma. Mafhum. I understand. Understood. A new root we can put into the Mahmud pattern is the root ka sa ra to do with breaking. So if we put ka sa ra into the Mahmud pattern, what do we get? Maksur. Maksur. Meaning? Broken. Broken, yes. How would you say the door is broken? Ilbeb maksur. Ilbeb maksur. 
Why is that broken? Da maksurli. Da maksurli. How would you say the door was broken? El bab kan maksur. El bab kan maksur. How would you say my watch is broken? Saati maksura. Saati maksura. And the word for watch by itself is? Sa. And why did you put T on when you put the tag for my? What happened? The T popped up on the spring. Yes. So, sa T. What about as a woman saying, I'm upset because my watch is broken? Ana zalena alashen saati maksura. Ana zalena alashen saati maksura. How would you say the same thing as a male? Ana zalen alashan saati maksura. Alashan. Alashan. Ana zalen alashan saati maksura. How did we say I like? Akhib? Yes. What's the root there? Khababa. Yeah, the double. When we say double, we mean the second and the third are the same. And that's called a double root. That's what it means. Ha, ba, ba. And it's the h breathing on the glasses. Listen to I like. Ahib. So put that now into the Mahmoud pattern. Mahboob. Mahboob. What do you think that means? Loved? Mm-hmm. Or popular. Loved, popular. Mahboob. Feirouz is a very famous singer who's particularly popular in Lebanon. Lebanon in Arabic is Libnan. Libnan. In fact, she's popular all over the Arab world. So how would we say Feirouz is popular in Lebanon? Feirouz Mahbouba Filibnan. Feirouz Mahbouba Filibnan. Now, how would you say she's a popular girl at school? And what you've got to say in Arabic is in the school. And that's the meaning of the English at school. She's a popular girl at school. Hey, bint Mahbouba Fil Madrasa. That's it. And you put the helping vowel in as well between bint and mahbuba. Hey, bint mahbuba fil madrasa. We're beginning to, to see now how working out the root and the context will help us to identify a word that we don't know or we have not seen before. For example, I was somewhere in the Arab world and I saw a word written and I thought, what is that word? I've never seen that word before. And it was mafshusha and i thought what what is that and then when i stripped it down to the root fashasha i realized that it had something to do with letting out steam and i knew that uh, for example in egypt we say a fishghilli which means to let out my anger like someone for example if he goes home and kicks the cat uh, this is the kind of thing to let out your anger, vent your anger onto something. The context in which I saw it was ajala mafshusha. And ajala, in Egypt specifically, is a tire. So a tire that had let out the air that was inside it was ajala mafshusha in that particular country. It's not something that we would use in Egypt, but 
just through stripping it down to its roots and to a pattern, mafshush, it has been let out. This is how I worked it out. Work out that it's a flat tire. It's a flat mm. tire. And this is something native speakers do all the time when they're moving around the Arab world, particularly with familiar roots used in different patterns and different patterns used with familiar roots. All these descriptive words we've been looking at can also be used to mean the thing that has that attribute or that description. So, for example, mafhum, which meant understood, if we said ilmafhum, would be the thing that is understood. And in fact, it's the word used for concept. The thing that is understood is a concept, ilmafhum. We also could have ilmaktub. And what do you think that might mean? The thing that is written. Yes, which might be? An article. Oh, destiny, destiny. It does mean destiny, exactly, yes. It means destiny, we've already seen. And also can actually just mean a letter, mm. as in correspondence. The thing that is written, il maktub. Il mashrub, which might mean? A drink? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Um, il kazlen. What do you think that means? Is that like the sloth? Yes, yeah, so the lazy person, the lazy one. Yeah. All these words can also be used as nouns to describe the thing or the person that has that characteristic or attribute, as well as being a descriptive word. So how would you say the popular person, referring to a male? Il mahbub. Il mahbub. Okay, so we've seen how different patterns can be used for descriptive words. There's another very useful aspect of Arabic that will enable us to instantly expand our vocabulary. This is already familiar to you from words like Kuwaiti, Yemeni, Saudi in English. They've come into English with the E ending. Now, this E ending can be used to turn a wide range of Arabic words into descriptive words. For example, Il-Kuwait is the name of the country. But if we wanted the nationality, we add E and we get... Kuwaiti. So, he's Kuwaiti is... Huwa Kuwaiti. Huwa Kuwaiti. And that's not difficult to remember because that's the same word exactly that we use in English. This isn't the same as the my tag. When I say it isn't the same, it sounds the same as the my tag. They're both E, but it's a different concept we're talking about here. So don't get it confused with the my tag. The context will tell you which one it is. So, for example, the word for lemon is lemon. Lemon. That's quite easy to remember. Now, if I wanted to say lemony or lemony coloured, how would I say that? Lamuni. Lamuni. So instantly we have two words for the price of one, if you mm -hmm. like. Lamun and lamuni. Likewise, the word for apricot is mishmish. It's a very nice sounding word. Mishmish, apricot. So what would we say if we wanted to describe something as apricot coloured? Mishmishi. Mishmishi. Another one we can do is the Arabic word for brown, which actually comes from the word meaning coffee beans. Coffee beans is bun. Bun. 
So brown is bunny. Literally, beanie, if you like, beanie-coloured. Bunny. So again, we've got three basic words there, but we've made six out of them immediately. So we've doubled our vocabulary bank straight off. Another one that fits into this category is the word for oranges. Burtuan. And if you notice, Burtuan sounds a bit like Portugal which is the name of Portugal in Arabic, because many, many years ago, when the Arabs crossed over to Iberia, they called that whole area, which is now we know as Portugal, Balad el Bortoal, which means the land of the oranges. (laughs) And this is how the country got its name. There is something, by the way, before we move on, I want to tell you specifically about Egypt, is that when you ask for a lemon, you will get a lime. Because limes in Egypt are called lemons. You hardly ever see the, uh, the big yellow ones that you see in uh, Europe. So, bortoan means oranges, the fruit. Bortoan. So, how would you say orange colored? Orange is a color. Bortoani. Bortoani. How would you ask a male, the orange one, please? You're going to say, the orange colored one, please. Il-Burtuani min fadlak? Il-Burtuani min fadlak. What about the apricot coloured one, please, asking a female? Il-Mishmishi min fadlik. Il-Mishmishi min fadlik. T-shirt is T-shirt. So how would you say the orange T-shirt? A T-shirt il-Burtuani. So as a man, I want the orange T-shirt, please, and you're asking a man as well. أنا عاوز التيشيرت البرتقاني من فضلك. أنا عاوز التيشيرت البرتقاني من فضلك. And how would you, as a woman, ask a woman, I want the lemon-coloured t-shirt, please. أنا عاوز التيشيرت الليموني من فضلك. أنا عاوز التيشيرت الليموني من فضلك. Shorts are short. Clothes are generally quite easy in Arabic that we'll look at in a minute, but it's only one short in Arabic, so it's not plural like the English shorts. Short. So how would you as a man say, I want the brown shorts, please, asking a woman? Anna always a short el bunni min fadlik. Anna always a short el bunni min fadlik. And how would you Say as a woman, I want the orange shorts. Ana auza a short el bortuani. Ana auza a short el bortuani. You will notice that a lot of words for clothes used in Egyptian spoken are actually taken as is or virtually as is from European languages. For instance, we use jaqueta. What do you think that means? Jacket. Jacket, yes. We use it as it is. We use pantalon for uh, trousers or pants in the United States. As uh, Jane mentioned earlier, we use T-shirt as it is and short as it is. You might also come across blouse, which uh, is like blouse, or boots. Boots is also the same. Caravatta for tie. Think of cravat. Think, yes, caravatta. 
Obviously, there are regional variations within the same country and sometimes from country to country, but largely, most of these things have come from Europe and pretty much stay as they are. I suppose the main additional one that might be useful is uh, amis. Yes. Interestingly, kamis, amis, Arabic, has traveled the other way to France, and you have the French chemise, meaning shirt. So amis, which was originally kamis, means shirt. It's one that's traveled the other way, and most of them have gone from Europe into the Arab world. So what would a brown shirt be? Amis bunny. Yes. And what about brown trousers? Pantalon bunny. Pantalon bunny. If it helps, you can associate that with the old English word pantaloon. Pantalon. So how would you ask, can I see the brown trousers? How are you going to say, can I see? Mumkin ashuf. Yes. So ashuf is I see. Shuf is the stem in the present vase and the a for I. Ashuf. Can I see? Mumkin ashuf. So can I see the brown trousers? How would I say that? Mumkin ashuf il Bantalon il bunny min fadlak? Oh, <laughs> very polite. Mumkin ashuf il bantalon il bunny min fadlak? And how would you say that lemon colored t shirt? A t shirt il limoni da. A t shirt il limoni da. My daughter wants that lemon colored t shirt. Binti nauza a t shirt il limoni da. بنتي عاوزة تيشيرت اللامونيدة